0: It's not fear, and fear is the mind killer. Be afraid, be very afraid.
1: I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare huh? What's your favorite scary movie? You must first face your
0: fears, if you are to conquer them. The only thing to fear is fear sex. Hello, welcome to Full Horror Show, the podcast where an animation nerd watches disturbing films while a movie buddy holds his hand. My name is Grant Letizia. And I'm Danny Clark. Here on Full Horror Show, we believe that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, even when it comes to movies. Take horror films, for instance. People seem to love them or hate them, and they'll stick to that mindset, sometimes for life. So is it possible to turn a non-horror movie watcher into a fan? Well, on this show, we're going to find out. Each episode, Danny leads me through a classic horror or spook-adjacent film, and we see what happens. Speaking long-term, either A, I'm going to become a braver person who is able to enjoy a scary movie, or B, I'm gonna piss my big boy pants and go back to watching Pixar. Today on the show, this is a classic. This is Evil Dead, a 1981 film by director Sam Raimi, who obviously became popular a lot later. Uh, At least I became aware of him when he did the Spider-Man movies, Um, but that's kind of another thing. I mean, what else is there to really say about Evil Dead? This is a a movie that's been out for quite some time, and I saw it for the very first time all the way through. It was amazing. Uh, I'm going to give the plot summary, and then we'll just kind of quickly dive into it after our spoilery warning. But via IMDb, the plot summary goes a little bit like this. Five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons and that—that that is exactly what happens. <laughs> but before we talk about it just fair warning for anybody that has not seen this very old but great movie there's going to be spoilers after this but we're going to just drop this in place to let you know that Evil Dead will be spoiled, any movie that's connected with Evil Dead will be spoiled, lots of movies will be spoiled but that's why we have this Listen to me very carefully Look out! The spoilers are coming! If you see the spoiler and it tells you what the movie is before you watch the movie, everything will be ruined! The spoilers are there! Get down! Get down! Get your aftermarks! Awesome Jamie! That was Arnold Schwarzenegger telling you, pleading with you to be aware that the spoilers are now going to be happening for the movie Evil Dead. And we're just gonna start it off with a little segment called monologin'. That's where we each get three minutes to say whatever we want uninterrupted. So I'm gonna start because this is fresh for me and you've seen it like 30 times, as you already said, Danny. Uh, I'm gonna put the timer up here for three minutes and it's gonna go. Evil Dead was something else. I did not expect it to be like this at all. I thought Evil Dead was a movie about zombies, like traditional George A Romero zombies that are walking around and going to eat you. And I knew that Sam Raimi did it. I knew that uh, uh Bruce Campbell was the star, but I had no idea that he was so scared the whole time and I had no idea that he was I guess, not going to make a bunch of quips and some clever comebacks. I, I thought in this movie, I was for sure he was going to say groovy and he didn't say it once. So I comes, didn't, later. So I, it comes I, later. I didn't. I didn't expect that. And I also had no idea this was a movie about um, a cabin in the woods. I, I was really surprised by that for some reason. I mean, I don't know exactly where I thought it was going to take place. I knew that there this is what's funny is I knew there was a trapdoor. Even having not seen this or any of the movies in the Evil Dead franchise, I knew there for some reason there's a trapdoor because that's heavily, I guess, a part of the the, either the marketing or the imaging or the lore or whatever. But there's always there's this trapdoor, and I knew there was like something in the trapdoor. That was kind of what I knew. Uh, other than that, I was like, why are these zombies so aggressive <laughs> in the trailer? <laughs> I don't know why. I never knew that it was like demon possession or anything of that sort at all. I, I had no clue, uh, and what else was like what I expected versus what I thought it was. I mean, there were so many surprising things about this. It, it was so great because it looked like such a, I guess a piece of the period. It looked like it was from the eighties. The color was awesome. The graininess was awesome. It was so charming in the way that, uh, he handled a lot of the special effects and the way that they did the gore and everything else. I was definitely traumatized. He did such a great job at the, the suspense. I, I jumped out of my chair four times. I screamed like a little girl, at least twice. I used my blanket and held it over my eyes <laughs> because I was physically uncomfortable at how he drew out the, the tension in a lot of the scares. It was really well done. And I was like, why? Why does he have to do this to me? He's enjoying this. He's enjoying this. It was really interesting. And I couldn't believe I, I could only imagine what it'd be like to see this film Uh, in 1981 in the theater, I feel like that would have just been insane. That would have been mind blowing because it was so dramatic and exciting and funny and scary all at the same time, a really good combination of things. And I had no idea it was that great. I mean, I should have known it was that great, I suppose, because it's still around and it's a franchise that they're remaking over and over and other stuff. And I know that, I guess there's other sequels, but Yeah, in general, it was something. It was not what I expected, but it also makes sense now, having seen it, why I guess it's lasted as long as it has. And that is my three minutes. So now, uh, Danny, it is on you. Well, so my relationship with this movie is very different than yours, obviously. Um,
1: So when I was playing Little League Baseball, we had a coach who had a spend the night party at his house for all the players, right? And whenever this happened, because this happened a lot in like all-star games or whatever um, during the summer baseball, we'd pick the scariest movie. We'd watch The Omen, and for whatever reason, he had a copy of Army of Darkness, and so we started with Army of Darkness. So I saw that before I saw The Evil Dead. That's where you have groovy and uh, give me some sugar, baby, and like all the the lines from from Ash. And so that's the third of the trilogy that Raimi did. So that was my first exposure to Raimi. Next for me was Darkman, which Darkman was awesome. That's a great comic book movie from the 90s. It's pretty dated now, um, but you can really tell he was doing things with special effects uh, that he would later, you know, make even better with Spider-Man. <clears throat> and like the first Spider-Man was great. I know they kind of fall off after that, but Raimi is hit or miss, you know, Um And so I was a little bit older when I checked out The Evil Dead. And my first time seeing it was at the Plaza Theater here in Atlanta on Ponce in a packed house. And I don't think it was a midnight screening, but it was definitely late. It was packed. People were throwing popcorn at the screen. People were screaming. It's such an incredible cult movie to see in that type of environment. Now, I think it's the scariest of the franchise of the first three. Um, The new ones, I have not seen the newest And the newer one that was made was pretty scary. But between Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, this is definitely the scariest. And for anyone who hasn't seen them, Evil Dead 2 is a remake of Evil Dead 1. And he just has less characters. And it's just more Looney Tunes with Ash. So it's the exact same setup, the exact same plot, the exact same cabin, the exact same characters. uh, Without the tree rape. And I won't spoil anything else. (laughs) <laughs> so um, the tree rape is a little dated i will say uh, it definitely scared the shit out of me when i was a kid i had no idea what the fuck was happening with that um, i still don't really um, i love the possession i love the demon possession i love the way he moved the camera along the ground through the swamp following the car the fucking uh swing hitting the house going thump thump just setting the tone. Right. Mm-hmm. I loved in Donnie Darko movie at the end when he sees the bunny rabbit in the theater, they are seeing the evil dead. And when I saw Donnie Darko, it was like 1999, I think. So it was around the same time I had seen Evil Dead. Uh, so, yeah, I think Bruce Campbell with his big chin is just the the perfect dashing actor to to play the part it's very rare that you have a male protagonist i was watching the the documentary to the evil dead uh after i watched it to prepare for this and i didn't think about that they mentioned that in it and i didn't think about the fact that there's not usually a male protagonist and he is perfect for that right he brings the right amount of charm right amount of humor and uh yeah that's my three minutes on the Evil dead so let's talk about bruce campbell because i guess it's weird that he picked him well they were friends oh was he okay they were friends they they went to college together and like apparently bruce was like good with money and he was kind of like a you know a faux executive producer he didn't he wasn't the guy with the money but he was good at like talking to people and schmoozing and and he just he kind of worked he worked
0: he was really uh into movies just like Raimi was Mm -hmm. right Oh, nice. Well, he was so young and his face looks so fresh and his voice was high and he seemed like such a, r- a little college student in the car driving up there. And I was like, oh, my goodness, he's so young. <laughs> well, they both are. I mean,
1: I think Ramey was like 20 when he made
0: this. No way. OK. And, and you, by the way, there was a short film
1: that they did called Within the Woods. That's 30 minutes long. That also stars Bruce oh. Campbell. That was the that was the uh, what do you call it? It's a project of a, a proof of concept. Um, to then get the financing for this. So they screened within the woods around Michigan and other places, I think Texas, and that's how they drummed up the
0: money to make this movie. I see. I see. That's, that's really smart. That's great. So they had already done sort of a proof of concept. Yes. And a couple of the actresses I've not seen within
1: the woods. So, Uh, listeners may uh, forgive me for not knowing this, but I think one or two of the actresses were in within the woods as well. And it was also the same concept. Like I said, it was like they were playing with gore effects and Bruce was the lead guy. They had axes, but um, the story of them going down to Tennessee to shoot this movie is crazy because it was like 40 degrees outside. This cabin had like no heat. Um, They, they took a cook with them and a driver. uh, And like, they basically just slept on cots and made it work. You know so it was just it's the perfect like ragtag group of
0: filmmakers shooting gorilla style to make i think a masterpiece man it's it's really good from beginning to end but the thing that i was thinking about the most as i saw the setting which you were obviously talking about there with the locale and everything i didn't know any of that so that's that's really cool um obviously having not seen the film i don't know any of the behind the scenes stuff whatsoever so that's this is all like really good things to hear I wanted to ask you a very big overarching question and see what you thought about it. Is this is this movie the origin of the cabin in the woods thing? Or is there a movie that predates this about cabins in the woods and stuff? So, you know, in the 70s and in the, and in the 80s,
1: you ha- horror movies were made for drive-ins and for like midnight movies in New York and stuff. And so they really didn't make a lot of money, but they started to gain these cult followings. And it was always with a, with a big live audience because, you know, VHS gave these movies a second life. But before that, it really was just in the theater, you know, and you saw them in big cities or or wherever they had a drive in. Um, so I think like this uh, movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre would have predated it. Um, I have to I have to rack my brain to answer that question. I think that he kind of started this particular type, but I mean
0: Romero really started like the whole zombie thing, you know? Yeah, but they weren't zombies, so they were they were demons. They were possessed. But yeah, there's definitely the whole emphasis in the cabin thing. When you, they have that slow drive up over the bridge and everything, it's super creepier and they're in the woods, and then they show up and they see the cabin. It was such a very iconic looking kind of shot to have nothing but dark woods in a cabin. And I was like, thinking about how early this was and again i i I don't know what predates it in terms of that but it certainly feels like this film must have either like you're saying kicked off a lot of that particular type of um i don't know iconography in the genre or something but it it sure seems like i couldn't tell if sam raimi was aping something else or if he was making something totally new because i know it's so influential i don't i didn't know which which it was I got to look at the
1: years. I could be wrong. So like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was also a story of a group of college kids who stumble upon a house. And in that house is this crazy person who kills people with chainsaw. Well, there's half of a
0: poster of The Hills Have Eyes, which obviously I haven't yes. seen.
1: Which he's paying homage to. Yes.
0: So OK, so he he clearly liked that movie. I Spit on Your Grave, Last House on the Left,
1: Um, I Zombie. Uh, I could be off on the years on this. Do, do you know much about the video Nasties? Mm-mm, no. <laughs> do I seem like I would know about the video? Video nasties. Okay. This is great. This is great, dude. Okay. So Video Nasties is a list of, again, I could be wrong because I don't have it in front of me, 60 to 80 movies that the UK deemed were uh, morally, uh, like, bad. <laughs> and so they banned them. Okay. And uh, Possession, um, this movie, uh, Cannibal Holocaust, Zombie, They were all on this list of video nasties. So like when Edgar Wright talks about the evil dead, he remembers it as something he wasn't supposed to see.
0: Oh, this movie was on that list.
1: This movie was on that list. What? This movie? This movie seems so silly in some ways, though. Now it does. But think about it, dude. There's there's tree rape. Uh, (laughs) They're dismembering their friends. So (sighs) yeah, when when it came out like in that documentary, Eli Roth talks about the reason it was so scary at the time was because. Here's a guy who is supposed to kill his friends. He's supposed to kill his girlfriend. And they told them early in the movie, in the dialogue, they said, the only way to get rid of the demons is dismemberment. Yeah. So he sets you up for that. And that's what makes it chilling, in my opinion, is like, you're watching his friends run around getting possessed. And is there a way for them to get back? At one point, one of the girls does turn back into herself. And she's like, I'm okay now, Ash. Please let
0: me out. And obviously, you don't trust her. That was just a ploy. Actually, that brings up a great sort of plot type of question that I was really wondering about my number one thing that when it when it sort of ended, I was like, well, what the hell? <laughs> Other than that, uh, <laughs> yeah. why why did it seem like Ash was being treated special what was there something different about what was happening with him because everyone else almost got about the reason why uh, he didn't get possessed uh, every, yeah everybody else gets either bit or gets like <laughs> infected and whatever and then they all get infected by the the air comes and whatever he doesn't have it happen to him and he gets chopped and bit and slashed and all these he things gets and, fucked up too and well, he doesn't get possessed why not is there an answer to this i think it's because he's ash because he's bruce campbell he's bruce
1: motherfucking campbell he's got to be there for the sequel bro <laughs> <That's So> you're <laughs> just it saying is? it's just
0: because he's he's
1: <laughs> I think you're you're questioning the rules of the world, right? That that Raimi's creating. And I think that Ash is uh the ultimate, like <laughs> he's the ultimate hero, man. That's it. But is he in this first one? Because he's so scared all the time. I know, but he like I love the moment when um is it Scotty is the friend, uh, when the other the other guy mm-hmm. chops up, chops up the girl. Oh, oh man, and, <laughs> And, and Ash is just standing there watching him do it. He's leaning against the door, like frightened. He looks sick to his stomach. Yeah. But then after everyone else is possessed, he like runs out of the cabin and he makes this decision that it's like, OK, in his head, I got to take care of this. So he goes into that shed and he starts gearing up. And it's one of the best little gearing up sequences, one of the first little gearing up sequences. But then he
0: doesn't do it, though. I know. I know. Is that That was a. That was the other thing I was wondering about. Was there ever, was there a precedent before this or was that a Texas Chainsaw thing? Because I haven't seen that, but I know that it was a chainsaw. So was it like, was it a setup on purpose, obviously, to be like, ha because he doesn't do it. He doesn't go through with it because he feels sad. He doesn't kill his girlfriend or chop her head off. I mean, I'm sure there were moments where,
1: where characters would grab a weapon and there's a moment of like, now it's time for them to be a badass. But I don't think it's been done in this way up to this point. Yeah, I think the visual style the the way he tells the story with the camera and with the editing those two things specifically i think are beyond what people had been doing at that point because he was so loose and so free with the camera mm-hmm. in the documentary they talk one guy who does lighting talks about continuity and he basically says there was no continuity <laughs> we we were just we were throwing shit on the floor and we were chopping stuff up like they cut a hole in the floor for that girl to stick her head through and then she stuck her arm through it So that's how she was moving her head and her arm and then Rami and the lighting guy were moving the legs and the torso they were like dummy pieces you know so it's just it's i mean think about the logistics of how you do all of this another really good one from the doc that i saw the eyes dude the eyes today they would use contacts they said that they were like this big like like quarter size round contacts that they had a suction cup stuck to that they would go pop it onto their eyeball And they were blind. They couldn't see when they were wearing them. So they were given direction and didn't know where to go, which made it even better because they're like moving all weird and crazy, you know. But the eyes, the eyes were so effective, especially with the girl in the cellar. You
0: know. Oh, she was a doll at one point, which was amazing. What the first point uh, the first part where he's shoving her into the cellar down the door, he like has uh it's like the butt of the gun or something, and he's like pushing her back in, <laughs> smacking her in the face. When he smacks her in the face, I loved it because there was a jump cut and then it's like this doll and he's like boom, boom, boom. <laughs> he's like smashing the doll in the in there. It's so
1: perfect, dude.
0: Oh, it was so funny. I love the combination of all that stuff of the practical effects and he even had some stop motion at the end. Yeah, dude. To make everybody dissolve into goo. And and when the one like falls into the camera, that shot of it falling down was really cool. Yeah, I guess I guess I see talking to you more now about, I suppose, like what the the true horror is supposed to be about it. I guess it is the fact that I I suppose because they're not infected by zombies or something else, there's less I guess there's less um, people have less hesitancy, I would suppose, in these sort of stories to take care of business or to put someone out of their misery let's say if they're a zombie or if they've been affected or something bad has happened but in this case um it was i guess more questionable about what the answer was even though like you said he already knew he was supposed to (laughs) exactly i guess take their head off so he's he's going through the questioning of can i really do this which is obviously you know we all look at it and go oh yeah you can do it you can do it but if you really had to chop someone's head off hopefully you would have a moment of pause about
1: it. Well, yeah, if you were at a cabin with your friends, your closest friends and your girlfriend at the time, like... And your sister.
0: I don't know how you would handle that, you know? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird thought. I didn't know that was part of this either. I guess I I guess that's the other thing is, all right, so culturally then, I knew that Bruce Campbell was Ash, and there was all this stuff about that character. So I suppose, I, I guess... That's what does happen to someone like me who's never seen these kind of movies before. Over over the over the decades, you become aware of characters or actors who play characters and then their significance, I suppose, in uh, in the culture and how they've contributed to it. In this case, I I guess I was somehow convinced that Ash was always a, a badass who was gonna solve everything immediately. And that's what I thought was interesting was in this movie, he's scared most of the time. He doesn't really even seem to get it together. Even at the very last scene, he's kind of like cowering by the door while the like clock is chiming and they're like, join us, join us and stuff like that. And he, it seems like he spends most of it just supremely terrified. <laughs> it's like shitting his pants. And, um, and then, then there's, there's the ending too. I mean, I know it was probably just a cliffhanger for cliffhanger's sake, the camera moves through the whole cabin and then just like runs into his face. And he's like, ah!
1: yeah. <laughs> but then the music, the music at the credits, the funny old timey music. I think that he has a razor thin. Ramy has a razor thin line between comedy and horror. Yes. And in terms of comedy, Ash brings that Looney Tunes, like very slapstick style. Bruce Campbell like flies into dressers, slams his head against the wall. <laughs> he you does. know, he, he's constantly battling himself and the evil. Okay. And that's, what's funny to watch. But then the way Raimi uses the camera and the sound effects and the lighting, he drifts outside and makes the house be a character. The cabin is a character because the woods are alive, you know? And so everything around them is evil. And so it's got this voyeuristic tone, that to me pulls from Carpenter, pulls from Halloween, where like you're looking through windows and you're seeing people getting dressed and you're seeing people hanging out and then they look outside and they get freaked out and they run into another room and then the camera follows them through the window and it like breaks the window, you know, that that's very reminiscent of like Michael Myers and Halloween to me, you know, that's what I think of. And I think that's why it's, it's scary. It's he, I don't want to give away too much because you haven't seen Army of Darkness either, right? Mm-mm. no. I think Bruce's confidence goes up with the next two movies, for sure. (laughs) And Raimi probably saw the screenings and was like, people love the comedy part. Like, it's outrageous. And so he leans into that a little bit more.
0: Why did he remake it then? If this movie is as good as it is, what do you think is the reason that you know why he would just... Like you said, same cast or not same cast, but same characters, same setting, everything. Like, what's the reason? Is it another try to sort of perfect that type of story or what do you think i would speculate that
1: he had a larger budget and he had the same actor and he wanted to make it better and there are a lot of people who think evil dead 2 is better than evil dead 1. i'm not one of those people um i love evil dead 2. don't get me wrong and people would argue me into the ground over that because it is it's outrageous (laughs) but once you watch it we should discuss Um, maybe we pair Evil Dead 2 with Army of Darkness for another episode or something and just do both at the same time because they're so wildly different. Army of Darkness stands alone. It is very different. Like, Especially for me as an 11-year-old kid, an 11-year-old boy, that movie, I was way too young to see it. And it's around the same time that same coach gave me a, a, a Black Sabbath album. And so I was introduced to Ozzy Osbourne and Army of Darkness. And it was... At the same time, at the same time. And it was the perfect summer because it's like here is horror and and hard rock and peanut
0: butter and jelly.
1: It kind of defined my life moving forward. So Metallica and fucking scream later, you know. Um, So, yeah, uh, I, I think like. Bruce is so good at this character. Getting a second shot to do it and having more effects, more gore. Uh, doing more with stop motion, better visual effects. I think Ramy was just trying to like one up himself. You know,
0: I think that's what it was. I wanted to touch on the idea about the like you said. All right. Audiences responded well to the horror and the, the the humor. Do you think there was a good example of a horror movie that had combined those two effectively as much as this one at this point? I think most horror does. I think it's where
1: you have camp especially in the eighties. So on criterion channel, uh, they had a whole eighties collection and I mean, there are moments in near dark that are funny because bill Paxton is hilarious as a vampire. Um, there's a movie called the hidden with Kyle McLaughlin. That's a sci-fi horror movie that is funny because Kyle McLaughlin is funny. You know, I think David Lynch brings horror and comedy to his films at times. I think that blue velvet, is like that blue velvet. I've laughed. I've seen blue velvet in it with an audience and a screening at the plaza. And it is hilarious with a crowd by yourself in the dark at 10 o'clock at night. It's not so like I, I didn't laugh as much when I watched evil dead this time. Cause I was alone at 10 PM. You were alone at 10 AM. <laughs> oh, I was too much of a pansy to watch this at night. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> but if we were both, if we were both at a midnight screening at the plaza, it would have been like a roar a roaring
0: good time. Okay. So what you're telling me to paraphrase is there is a communal sense of safety in the laughter of the people around you. So if you were to watch it in a theater, you'd feel a bit better because you're like, everybody's around me and it's, it's not gonna be so bad. And and, and clearly there's some type of, of you laugh about it and then it helps you get over a bit of the the spookies. Yeah. That's the idea. One camp. Okay. Friday the 13th. I think Friday the
1: 13th has more camp and is funnier than the nightmare on Elm streets. But at the same time, there, there are Freddy movies that are pretty funny when he goes crazy and does weird shit. And I don't want to spoil too much for you. So for the listeners, Grant hasn't seen a lot of these. And that's part of the part of the whole point of the show is to, is to, you know, get him into this stuff. A lot of these, I've seen none of these. I'm fresh. When I watch, when I watch child's play, child's play is fucking hilarious. Cause he's a fucking doll killing people it's ridiculous but also that also tells you how sick i am and other people like me who like these kinds of movies and laugh at all this shit um i think that Ramy turns the genre on its head and tries to see just how sick we are to laugh at something that we shouldn't be laughing at i think that's part of it too if that makes any sense so you think he's poking just a little bit at the audience and self-knowingly Yes, and I think where I think the tree rape is where he went like too far. That's the part that I I think I, I do genuinely think that's probably the scariest part of the movie.
0: It was really out there, and it was
1: just completely out of the blue, almost. <laughs> I recommended this movie to my um, uh, my in laws, and and they were not pleased when that part happened. And I was like, Oh yeah, <laughs> it was Halloween. I was like, I fucking uh, forgot about that uh, shit. No.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. man. Uh, well, uh, that is a little bit then about. Uh, evil dead and how it is good to both be scary and also funny at the same time uh we're gonna take a little bit of a break now though and when we come back we will talk about more evil dead and more about uh being possessed by demons and how that affects you and your friendships
1: I think that's part of why it's so scary man. I'm telling you
0: it's uh, the score, the sound design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are uh, talking about the evil dead here on full horror show and why it still holds up after all these years. And I just saw it for the first time, Danny, of course you're, you're a longtime fan. How many times do you think you saw this? Probably 30 times, maybe more at this point. Is there anything that still strikes you as like stands out when you see it that many times? We already discussed
1: uh, the tree scene. Um, and again, the opening I think is great. The opening is also a little reminiscent of the shining because it starts with a car and uh and the music. it really sets the tone. um you mentioned the stop motion animation that gets me every time. I love the ending um the cellar. uh honestly, this time out of out of all that stuff, I think it was Ash's vulnerability we discussed and um and probably the gearing up sequence because I forgot about that
0: well, another thing that's um you know. Part of, I think, seeing a movie like this for the first time that's interesting is thinking about what the director has done since. And I find it really weird that obviously I didn't catch this movie or any of the Evil Dead movies or pretty much any of Sam Raimi's early work because it was a horror movie and I wasn't a horror movie guy. So I never got around to seeing them, which is obviously a shame because the first movie I think that I can remember seeing of his was, of course, Spider-Man, which everybody... Was just gonna go see by default. I remember at the time being aware of the fact that he was a director that had, I think, done scary stuff before. I was just impressed, you know, with 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 everything and how how much he, emotion he could get out of the camera and out of the performances and everything else. Um, it's it is a shame, I guess, that I didn't watch these earlier. I guess that's what it comes down to. But it also makes me think about Spider Man Two, still one of the best superhero movies of all time. I think. Even with, you know, the oversaturation that we kind of have now with some of the superhero movies, it still stands out. And it had a really, really great scary scene in it that I remember seeing uh, the part where Doc Ock is, his, um, you know, legs are waking up in the hospital and it kills all the doctors. Right. I had, that was like mind blown for me because, again, not seeing any of his previous work, I'm sure nobody would have been surprised to see something like that coming from Rami but for me that was like wow what in the world (laughs) I had no point of reference and it was it was shocking and like really hard hitting and great and um yeah I just it's it's very weird to see his later work and not his early work and that's fine because sometimes that's the way it happens but I just I think that's fascinating like how do you what do you think about uh his body of work as a whole the way his trajectory has gone I think it's
1: interesting you, you brought it up like that because I think that horror and comic book movies go hand in hand hmm. because there is a lore that goes with them. There's this world that's created. So you have the world building part. There's always visual effects or special effects in a horror movie and in comic book movies. Um, you have a hero in both. Um, I think there's a lot actually, uh, that can be related. And in between these, I'm looking at his list. I forgot. Um, a simple plan is fantastic. That's a great, great thriller. Never seen that. Um, it's about, uh, th- these guys find like a briefcase full of money. It's a really good movie. You should watch that. The quick and the dead he did, uh, in between army of darkness and Spider-Man. But Did
0: he start out as a horror guy? Is that his thing
1: basically? Well, yeah. Evil dead was his first movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah. And then the, the short within the woods was before that, um, and then after evil dead two, he did dark man before army of darkness and dark man is one that kind of stands out. Cause that is a technically a comic book movie. Um, hmm. uh, it's been years since I've seen it, so I can't really speak to it. And then he also did for the love of the game, which is a great baseball movie. Um, it's not scary or anything. It's just a drama, <clears throat> you know, well, in a simple plan, isn't scary either, but it's a thriller. So it's got kind of that heightened tone, you know? Um, and I believe I gotta look at it. I think that was, um, Bill Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton and Bridget Fonda. You should add that to your list. It's a great movie. Okay. I know he did drag me to hell later. And I really like that. Um, it, that's definitely a, that I was really excited about that when it came out
0: and a little bit let down cause it wasn't quite evil dead, but it's still really good. <laughs> Didn't he do also a recent show, a recent show, a recent motion picture. Didn't he do Dr. Strange? He did a recent picture about <laughs> <back> Dr. Strange. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. He did Dr. Strange. I liked Dr. Strange. I had a good time with it. I know some people ragged on it, but I,
0: I really thought it was Was it the multiverse of madness.
1: Yeah, dude. It's a it's a good horror
0: version of the MCU. It's it's like the only horror version of the MCU. This is actually the other funny thing about Sam Raimi. I 100 uh, percent as a person who's a newbie to all this at the time. I think I legitimately got him confused with Peter Jackson because to me, uh, evil dead and dead alive are like, are they like the same movie? But I can see the similarity. You go
1: from like small budget, uh, horror flick to like big budget fantasy comic book movie. Yeah. Like they definitely had a similar trajectory for sure.
0: Yeah. That's what I mean. And it's, and it's interesting because they both started as far as I know in like the same kind of genre with, yeah, same budget, same kind of same kind of interest also in uh, Gore, too, because I haven't seen any of Peter Jackson's earlier films, but in a similar way to Sam Raimi, uh, I saw, of course, The Lord of the Rings. Well, and remember, Gore is cheap, practical effects. And then these fantasy
1: comic book movies are, you know, expensive visual effects uh, or special or uh, CGI. You know, I think that these directors like Raimi have a visual sensibility and they have um, an, an, like a special effects sensibility. And I think that that works really well. You're wearing a Simpsons t-shirt right now. And I think it's interesting because the Simpsons have their, you know, treehouse of horror. And so like, even though they're animation nerds, they're, they're geeking out on horror. And I think the deeper you dive into this, and part of the reason I like horror so much is I like genre and like with comic book movies, with fantasy, with horror, there's so much you can do with the genre. You can have a fantasy horror movie you can have a sci-fi horror movie you can have all kinds of horror movies you can have a campy horror movie i think i think it's possible i'd have to look back at the movies before this cuz you asked this question earlier that he is not just like doing an homage to earlier horror movies but he's kind of making fun of the genre in and of itself
0: because of ash well like you said the looney tunes away is a good way to describe it because he he would get knocked and he would fall into the wall and the shelf would just tumble to pieces and he's laying there like charlie chaplin covered in like broken stuff and every time he'd get hit in the first 20 minutes he would hit another shelf it's so slapstick. It was, it was it was so slapstick and i was like oh man that's so funny that this is part of it this guy's just getting beat up and you know, this is this is clearly where he wants to go with it.
1: That's also an homage to filmmaking itself, to Chaplin and and yeah. like, you mm-hmm. know, early Marx Brothers. Like it's it's silly, but it works, you know, and it's iconic like this. There's some
0: shots in that movie that are so iconic. Yeah, there's some really interesting um, compositions that he does with especially in the way he lights it. When you said that it was um, real guerrilla style, that's honestly very surprising because it looks really good. Like there's so many interesting shots of Ash standing there in the house like (sighs) going like this, you know, like with his chin and his eyes and everything. And it's just an interesting image. I can see why he kind of became interested in this character and his like intense look. Um, There's just something going on there. It's hard to describe why that's interesting, you know. Here's another fun scene. Okay. Uh Um, So Linda, right?
1: Linda's character uh, like turns into like the doll. Where she's laughing and her head's going back and forth and she's got that crazy makeup and she's sitting there crisscross applesauce just laughing 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 moving her head back and forth laugh I'm not gonna try to do it but and she won't stop and he's like just make her stop and he starts smacking her around and she still won't stop she's just laughing and laughing and laughing and then he takes her outside and he starts beating her with like a giant piece of wood
0: Do you remember that <laughs> yeah it's like a giant rubber stick and he's like Womp. Woman. <laughs> it was so cartoonish. It was it's, so crazy. It,
1: that's the part where, like, I think that scene alone is so funny and so scary because she's almost like this Annabelle doll, like, conjuring like creature, but then she's getting like beat up in a funny way by him. You know, it's just,
0: it's silly. That does sort of remind me a little bit of Dream Logic because the way she's sort of invincible to a certain degree and continuously laughing at him. It it really feels like some sort of, I mean, it's definitely supernatural, which is the point anyway, but it, it feels like sometimes when you're in a dream and you can't really define why everything's out to get you and you try to fight back and resist, you know, it's like the thing where you, you try to run and you can't, your feet are moving, but you're not going anywhere or you're trying to resist the thing, but it doesn't matter how much you try. It doesn't really doesn't really have any effect. I feel like that's that's been me in dreams before, as I'm trying to fight back against the thing that scares me the most, and I can't actually do anything, and it just continues to laugh in my face. No, there's nowhere to hide. That's that's definitely um, that's definitely a good kind of nightmarish kind of situation. That is true, and that's the that's a through line with horror too, because like
1: in movies like Nightmare on Elm Street, like there's no safe place to hide. You can't sleep to to hide. Like if you sleep, if you fall asleep, Freddy's going to get you. Um, you know, if in the Friday the 13th movies, you just got to leave the lake, dude, just get out of there. Like just leave. That's the funniest part about this movie is they try to leave and then the the bridge is out and the music gets all loud. And I'm thinking like, why don't you just swim across the little, the little Creek right there? You know, like there's gotta be a way across and they're like, Oh no, we just, we got to wait till morning. <laughs> we have to wait till morning. <laughs> you know? We
0: can't do that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And then Scott's like, I'm out of here. I'm getting out of here. You know? There's just no way out. So to your point, it is dream logic because there is no way out like a dream or in another sense, like hell. You know, these are demons and you're in hell. Um, And that's, I think, part of what's scary about it, too. You know?
0: Yeah. It also seems like maybe the way that he'd been portraying that type of demon possession was sort of a new twist on it or whatever. Again, I don't know because I haven't seen a lot of other. I mean, there's the exorcist, but which I haven't seen. Someone in the documentary mentioned
1: that someone in the doc said if they had the budget, the exorcist had, this would have been scarier. But I don't know if I agree with that. Like maybe it would have been scarier, but I don't know that it needed to
0: be any scarier. I mean, it, yeah, it seems like he was making it campy. So yeah, that's what he wanted yeah. to do more or less.
1: This is the thing I'm telling you though. I think a horror could be funny to anybody in certain ways. Like there are scenes, one of our friends, I'm not gonna name his name. Uh, we worked together. He's my other horror buddy. I think, you know, him. Uh, we, we would go see everything. And we'd see a movie like Mother. And when like the really crazy shit in Mother happened, we would literally be clapping while everyone else is like leaving the, the cinema. Okay. Um, when we see stuff like Hereditary and something really fucked up happens, we're cheering it on because we're excited by it. That's not necessarily funny, but there's this like, there's this excitement. There's this visceral nature to horror that sometimes it doesn't feel this way. Sometimes it's like, oh, fuck. Wow. That just disturbed me. But There's other moments where you're like, yes, they just did that.
0: <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> cathartic. It's like, thank God you just fucking did that. That's awesome. Are you saying that it has is this like an acquired taste then? You're saying basically as you watch more horror. Yeah. It doesn't have to be telegraphed for you, the funny parts, but you might take it as being more humorous later. I've told my wife before, like I'm. when you see horror, you're kind of craving the deaths.
1: And so when you watch the death sequences, <laughs> you want to see how over the top the deaths are. That sounds fucked up. That makes you sound sick. But like part of the essence of horror is to is to see who's going to die, who's going to survive, how they're going to get killed. You know, so here's another thing. The more Halloween movies you see when you get the three, four five, nine, they're funnier because they're making fun of themselves the later you get into Freddy, the later you get into Jason, the later you get into Hellraiser, they start to become less scary and more funny. Cause like now you kind of know what's coming and, it, and it's, it's a little bit more to be anticipated. So the more you watch horror to your point of it being acquired taste, I think you're, you're in your head. You've got this horror soup m- mixing around and, and you kind of recognize certain things that are about to happen and you feel that excitement and then it happens and you go, yeah, you know, and that's, that's just, I don't know. Does that make sense? So you're
0: saying it's basically different for where you are in this, this, the spectrum of horror, essentially like, cause where I, I was with so. yeah. this, if we want to chart, uh, how disturbed was grant, I was ex- excessively disturbed at a certain point, not because it wasn't like I'd ever seen gore in general, but I mean, it was really gross towards the end. And I was like, Ugh. well, but so you I just, was like, you just said, very, very, did it go full horror show for you? Uh, Yes, I would say (laughs) because it made me, again, it made me clutch my blanket and tense up and he did such a good job at the suspense part. I just was waiting. I was like, he's going to do a jump scare again and he's going to, it was hard to watch, like physically hard to watch. When Ash goes, the scariest part for sure for me was when the stupid basement (laughs) doors open and it's dark and it was just a hole in the ground and they're all looking in it and he went down there and then it was quiet. (laughs) And they're like, (laughs) yep. Uh, is he coming back out oh he's not he's not joking so then they're like we're gonna go down and i was like there's no way i would ever go down there i would just close it and just say oh he's done we're, good. <laughs> we're done for the day but, the, but i knew that you know they're gonna have to go investigate but that was excruciating for me to have to watch someone go down there and do that because i was like when is the jump scare going to happen i can't stand this <laughs> oh dude we're gonna have fun uh, on this then we're, we're gonna we're gonna disturb the I shit know, out of you but that's what i mean it's yeah. like I'm wondering if that's going to get better. Is that going to improve or who who knows? But I do think it's interesting to think about what you're saying, which is it sounds like, I don't know, you can, I'm trying, I'm not trying to paraphrase you, but it sounds almost like eventually, if you watch enough, you get to the point where you get <laughs> desensitized to some of the more standard jump scares or other things. And then eventually you're sort of at a different level where you're like expecting something else. And then you can sort of experience it or enjoy it on a different level. Yes.
1: You want to see something you've never seen before with everything you go watch, no matter what genre, right? And and be surprised and and love what's happening. Um, and that's weird to talk about when it comes to this genre, because not everyone loves it. It's a very specific, you know, cup of tea, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and it also <laughs> seems like we've talked about kind of divisive and there are people who sort of divide their lines and say, well, I'm, I'm not a scary movie person or a horror movie person, which is typically where I would fall most of the time. But, and that is fair. Yeah. Like yeah. my wife, my wife hates <laughs> horror. And it's like, that's cool. That's Danny's thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Uh, I'm and again. Yeah. This is why it's interesting to me to, to, push myself a little bit and challenge myself to see what some of this uh, viewing experience is, is about because I get, I get curious and I'm like, why do people enjoy this sometimes? (laughs) But did you enjoy this? (sighs) I did. I did enjoy it. (laughs) I know it seems like, you know, I'm overemphasizing too much of how it freaked me out, but I did. It was, it was, it was interesting because I felt in the moment, like I just wanted to be over (laughs) When it was really intense, I was like, I want to know what happens in the scene. If I know where the jump scare is, then next time I watch it or whatever, I would know. But the first time not having seen it at all and super just raw going in there and I have absolutely no context for the next thing that's going to happen, which I know is the case with any movie you haven't seen. But it just feels so much more visceral with a scary movie like this because it's kind of more of a vulnerability type of thing or something. I don't know. It's hard to describe. It also sounds like you can really. It sounds
1: to me like you really appreciated the technical achievement here and like Ramey's, uh hand in the filmmaking process. And like all of that really helps to shape how you felt about it, which it wasn't just a gore fest. It wasn't just a bunch of jump scares. It wasn't just a possession movie. There was a lot more there, not necessarily narratively. I'm talking
0: about mm-hmm. like technically. Oh, I know. totally agree with that. Like there's something a very, I was trying again to, to define like what it about Rami's style is interesting. I feel like he's very appealing somehow. Is this very appealing way of lighting and framing his shots? And then it kind of makes it sort of like easier to swallow the whole thing when it's coming up, when he's building it, like I don't. I don't want to say it's Disney like because it's not in any way. But there's something. It's in general about the the way that his images are colorful and the way he um, heavily features like close ups on the faces. There's fantasy there, man. Yeah, he humanizes the people. They seem very appealing. Yeah, like they don't seem like very flat. You know, uh, sort of just like. Dislikeable. Everybody seems kind of likable too, which is interesting. His faces fill the fucking frame, dude. Yeah, yeah. He, you see their eyes and their emotion and everything. It's very emotional, which kind of connects you to them. And then you know, it's hard to see them all suffer. And get their heads chopped off. (laughs) When (laughs) that pencil went into the ankle, that was so bad.
1: That was good, man. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, that was so bad. See, those are the types of scenes where when I see that now, I'm like, yes, oh yeah. But then, like
0: when you see it, you're like, "Oh my god, no, it hurts!" I just clenched, (laughs) like a clenched so, and I was like, "I can't believe, oh, the pencil." Well, we'll ease you in. We won't
1: just like hop to Texas Chainsaw (laughs) Massacre next, or uh, or zombie, or Cannibal Holocaust. We'll we'll go slow. (sighs) Thank you. You Thank you. I would highly recommend Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness, though. You should double features those soon. Um, They are. Not nearly as scary as this one. They're fucking hilarious. I feel like I would like those. I, I think that's the thing is. I think you're going to love Army of Darkness, dude. It's it's so fucking good. I mean, isn't there like lots of
0: skeletons everywhere and bones doing stuff or something? Oh, yeah. The stop motion's amazing, oh. actually. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, if this is anything like the rest of the franchise now, I can't say about the the modern remakes. Those seem like. Very, very frightening to me. I'm not sure. Have you seen them?
1: I'd love to discuss those, too. I've seen the not the newest Evil Dead Rise or Rises. I, I saw the Evil Dead remake that came out a few years back. It honestly is a little forgettable for me.
0: Like, I don't really remember it that well. Um, it's the same story. Why remake this? Like, OK, he, the director himself remade it. It sounds kind of like kind of a couple times. So why are it? What's the value? Well, Army of Darkness is not Army of Darkness is very different. Um, OK, so not Army of Darkness, but the second one.
1: I think for the same reason that Halloween has been remade by so many different directors, uh, for the same reason that, uh, any cult classic would be remade. Um, we are in the reboot era and these days, I don't know that this movie could be made in the same way for the same budget. I mean, this movie, I think they started out with like a hundred thousand dollars, $150,000 and ended up getting to like 500,000 or something. So that's not cheap, but it's also not expensive. I, I just low budget horror now are things like Skinamarink or uh, Blair Witch or Paranormal Activity. They're like found mm-hmm. footage. They're not shot on film with real lights and actors and a set and effects. I just don't know that you could achieve the same mm. thing today. I think you'd have a lot more <laughs> violations, like in terms of the conditions of the, of the the set they lived in that cabin while they shot the fucking movie, you know, eating chili. (laughs) I I don't think, I don't think that would be allowed, Mm. you know? Um, And they would replace a lot of it with like CGI. And I just don't think it would have the same practical charm. So like tonally the new one, from what I remember, it had, it was much darker. It was the, the score was much more intense um, the effect of the demons they they looked a lot scarier than they did back then because they have much scarier looking effects. Now
0: Did it take away the humor.
1: Yeah. They amped it up. You know, they, they kicked it up a few notches in terms of the scariness of it. Um, but I still think the scariness of this one holds up. I really do. It's got a charm and it's got camp, but I still think that there's a reason why this movie is in like the top 100 greatest horror movies of all time. And it's pretty high on that list. Depends on which list you're looking at. But, um, you know when I think of The Exorcist and The Omen and, and now Possession, which we will discuss at some point, um, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, The Hills Have Eyes, Last House on the Left, I Spill in Your Grave, blah 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 blah. When I think of all these movies, Evil Dead's in there, and it's I don't know where it ranks for me. It's one of my favorites um, because it's just
0: fun. You know some of those are not fun to watch. So, yeah, does that answer your question? It does. No, I appreciate you letting me dig a little bit and ask some of these. Uh, it's like inside baseball, but I'm I'm curious, you know, because it it is it's weird. It's I feel like it's a very different experience watching a scary movie as opposed to just a regular movie. Freddy used to fuck me up really bad because
1: it was scary that he could get you in your dreams. And so I used to have nightmares from watching Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was like four when my cousins were watching it at my grandparents' house. And I walked in the room and I saw him with the, with the knives for fingers and it like fucking disturbed the shit out of me.
0: That'll do it. <sighs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then, and then movies like movies like Hellraiser it's, it's because of the way they did it, which we'll get into when you see it. I'm scared of that one. That one's going to be when I, I have to graduate. <laughs> Texas chainsaw. These ones really, really scared me when I was younger and still kind of do. Whereas evil dead doesn't really
0: scare me anymore. It's just fun. Do you think that, Evil dead goes full horror show for you then, or does it not really make the list of something that still has the edge? No, I think, I think it does. I think that the, the dismemberment
1: stuff. And I think that like, like Ash sitting there watching Scott cut her apart with the, with the ax is pretty scary. Pretty brutal. Um, the tree scene is it's up there. Um, Even just her laughing and cackling and screaming at him like
0: over and over again, you know, and the way he uses the camera. I think it's full horror show for sure. Yeah, It's pretty unhinged. It's definitely earned its place, I think, and cemented its status amongst all those scary films that you mentioned. And I'm really glad that I saw it because, yeah, I feel like this will be one of the one of my favorite ones, if I can say that, because I just like the I like the addition of the humor and and it makes it all like tolerable for me. So I enjoyed that. If you like that, dude, there's a lot more of that coming. <laughs> that's great. That's good to hear. And that's a wrap. Our show is produced and edited by me, Grant Letizia. You can find us on Instagram at Full Horror Show. You can also visit us at FullHorrorShow.com where you can listen to all back episodes. If you have any feedback or have a recommendation for a movie that you think goes Full Horror Show, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at show at gmail.com. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Until next time, stay spooky, my friends. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, man, thank you.